This product contains strong language, intense violence, two dudes resisting the urge to make out with each other, and excessive discussions related to poop and wieners. The Tilted Casuals podcast is rated M for mature. So Joseph, so Michael, uh, did you see the uh, the Saw Ten trailer? Well, I did. What what you think of that shit? Um, it was pretty cool. I can't lie. It uh, it looks a lot better than what I was expecting so far. Yep, yep. Same here. Same here. Uh, I have seen it probably about a dozen times or so, and it doesn't get oh, old. Man. <laughs> man. Yeah. Well, it, it's not like I've just been sitting there on YouTube, just like rewinding the video every time. I've watched a lot of. You know, YouTubers that. react to it and whatnot. <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> I watched a lot of like YouTubers react to it. Um, uh, okay, okay, yeah, fair, fair. So fair. it's a it's a really fun trailer to watch because it it's a serious trailer, but at the same time, it doesn't take itself too seriously because obviously with like the song choice. But oh, it's so so well done too when it just it just creeps out like that. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, the traps look gnarly as hell, which is all we can ever ask for in a Saw movie. I don't know if you saw, but the one that it, sh- it briefly showed the one from the poster that we talked about last time with the with the pipes that, that mm-hmm. look like an X. Um, apparently, and this isn't a spoiler. This is just more information has been released. Those are apparently designed to suck out the dude's eyeballs if he doesn't complete the complete the test. That's so grotesque. I it love is. it. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a neat idea. Um, and I've heard that this movie is like the longest in the franchise. And like, even though they showed a lot of stuff in the trailer, there's like still a, a shit ton more they haven't showed us. So I'm incredibly excited. Honestly, I'm okay if they don't release any more trailers, especially since the movie is so close to coming out now, uh, about two months now, um, or a little less than two months. Um, I'm cool with that being the only trailer. Like I've seen enough, honestly. Yeah, I think it'd be smart to just leave it like that. I feel like they're mm-hmm. they're probably gonna do like one more, but it'll be one of those those uh the generic trailers where it's mostly the same exact one you just saw, but there'll be uh, like ten seconds of something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like, oh, look at that, look at that, or they'll kind of just like yeah, confirm some kind of theory. Edited for TV or something like that with less blood and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, be less graphic. So, but yeah, I, I like, agree. It'd be really smart. They have to go about advertising it really, really uh, clever. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the way the plot's based so far. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, what you're saying is uh, that it's going to be the longest one. It, it makes you wonder what else is going to be a part of the story, as right, as opposed to just what we've seen in the trailer so far. Because the trailer covers a, a pretty, a pretty good plot. I think it's a, it's mm-hmm. a good way of handling it, especially. 10 movies deep. Um, yeah. I wish I had a subtitle instead of just X. Cause it's, yeah, I agree. It's a little weird, but especially chronologically, cause it's a prequel. 
Yeah, it's a prequel set like eight movies back, but they're still calling it ten, even though like in a technical sense, it won't be ten. This would be like yeah, it's like saw one. Was it one and a half? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've heard I've heard it's between one and two, but honestly, being said between two and three would also make sense because in the trailer, when John is shown like sketching in his sketchbook, that's the rack trap from Saw three. Um, so oh, it would make sense if this was between two and three. I mean, especially since like it, it says in the trailer, he only has like months to live. And in Saw three, he's like on his deathbed pretty much. There wouldn't be a ton of time, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure it'll like, you know, it'll pull a Rogue One and it'll end probably right when another movie begins. Yeah. Hopefully it's as good as Rogue One. Hopefully, yeah. In terms of it being a sequel, like we know how this turns out, but it's actually really, really good. One of the things that they do really well, speaking on the the drawing I always liked, was in, in either future movies or like the current movie, they'll have like a little like a, a mock version of like a trap that jigsaw was like either making or scrapped. And then you either like see it in full effect, like tweaked and working down the road or mm-hmm. in like a future movie, you'll see like a blueprint of like a trap you saw like two movies ago. Mm-hmm. You kind of see like where his, his gears were turning, trying to like create these things. It's, it's really cool. It's like little Easter eggs, but I, I always yeah. admired that they do. Yeah, it it's quite really often. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like at that point it's uh it's almost like, the like developer notes or something like that like while they were almost yeah writing the movie and it's it's like it could be you know the people making it just throwing out ideas like oh this would be a cool trap and they're like yeah just, just throw it in there we might do prop. it yeah exactly yeah. it's really cool they've done such a good job at fleshing out john's character um with his trap ideas with his like engineering background and and things like that um so I hope this movie does him justice because this looks like it's it's an actual movie. This isn't a Jigsaw movie. This is a John Kramer movie. Yeah. So I'm hoping it gets that aspect of it right. It looks like it's going to do all the traps and stuff right. I mean, of that, I kind of have no doubt. So far, yeah. But story-wise and character-wise, I hope that's where it really shines. Yeah. And I, we mentioned it uh, in the past, but... I, I still do really admire how they somehow have managed to continue the continuity with these movies so well. Mm-hmm. Like everything just flows like nothing's really been, you know, just all of a sudden not made sense anymore. There's no like plot holes, really. Right. Everything has just been very. Like set in place and it all makes sense. And it's it's mm-hmm. it's wild to think about because it's been so really long is. and they're they're it's like they are they have like one mindset and it's very fluid and it's still working. It's really impressive even with even with like so many different directors who have mm-hmm. uh, taken up these movies. Yeah, it's still, for the most part, it's one big fluid, which I mean, honestly, the movies don't take place too far apart. I mean, the biggest gap would be between like saws one and two, but everything else you know, three and four take place at the exact same time. And then five, six and seven seem to almost take place like immediately afterwards. Yeah, they're like back to back to back because they all picked up like right at the end of the one before it, from what I can mm-hmm. remember. Yeah. So Saw's three through seven, can, you can say that they're all take place within the same like month or two, which is wild because they yeah, all it's insane. It's, it's like a four or five year process. But 
Uh, it's it's uh, James A. Jennings, when I was watching his uh, the, the Dead Meat Saw Kill Counts, he described him as a soap opera. And it's 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 incredible because that's essentially <laughs> what it is. <laughs> it's that's a funny. serial killer soap opera. It's funny. It's like uh, the continuity is like it's like the Pokemon show where Ash is still 10 years old. And it makes you wonder, like, <laughs> does this entire series take place over the course of like a week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I'm very excited for Saw 10. Um, I was excited as hell when that trailer dropped. And like I said, I've watched it probably like a dozen times now. So yeah, I'll try to try to definitely be going like opening week. Oh, yeah, that that's going to be an for opening sure. night for me. I'm going <laughs> to my wife's going to hate it, but I'm going to be like, babe, I'm not I'm not coming home. I'll be coming home late tonight. It's Saw night. Like immediately <laughs> after getting off work, I'm just straight to the theater. Adios. She knows how that. she knows how much I like these movies, so she'll understand. She won't like it, but she'll understand. Does she watch them with you? She has seen the first two, and then we went and saw Jigsaw in theaters. She doesn't do very well with the extreme violence and gore and stuff like that, so they're not very good movies for her to watch for her anxiety. So we tried. Probably them. She, not. I'm I'm glad that she at least watched the first two because obviously the first two are the best, and they're like the tamest of all of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad she's at least seen that to experience like the height of these movies at the very least. So have you have you ever watched the in-betweeners? No, that's what you 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 keep trying to get me to watch that, but I haven't yet. There's a there's an episode where one of the characters will he gets put on like a blind date and they're all going to the movies together and they're seeing one of the saw movies (laughs) and uh, he doesn't handle blood well and he starts to get all like queasy and sick and not feel well in the middle of the movie so he's like i'm gonna go step out for some air or whatever and he squeezes out and like as he gets out of the aisle he just like passes out on the floor and like (laughs) all the people in the seats behind him are just like talking shit and throwing popcorn at him and stuff oh no that's your wife (laughs) (laughs) i wondered where that was going Because there's a there's a part in it where he's like you start to see him he's like not feeling well and his date's like just remember it's not real and he's like oh thanks <laughs> didn't realize that <laughs> I had no Appreciate idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's it. it's hilarious because my wife actually does really like scary movies um she and her best friend will watch a lot of them but and and for most of them I mean especially if they're like the peachy thirteen type of horror movie she's fine with them but anything that's like super ultra violent or gory she can't handle um. And I, I may have said this before, but Scream is one of her favorite series. So we 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 love the Scream movies. Okay, that's acceptable then. Yes. Um, and like the Conjuring and the Annabelle movies, you know, ones that are just strictly supernatural, no like super intense violence or anything. The Insidious movies, all that stuff. We we like that kind of stuff. All right, that's fine then. We started watching Terrifier one day just because we'd heard a lot about it, and like you know, ten minutes in, uh. So much blood and gore, and I, I turn around and look at her, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Do <laughs> For her not sake. watch the second one with her, then. Holy uh, shit. Nope, absolutely not. <laughs> no, oh or my staying, god. I, staying I far love away the Terrifier those. movies. The second one, like, I, I just love how they had a bigger budget, and they were just like, you know, we're blowing it all on practical effects, and they just went 
ape shit with it, and I mm-hmm. fucking loved it. <laughs> I haven't so seen cool. Terrifier two, but I have seen the uh, the bedroom scene, and it's oh, one of the gnarliest God. things I have ever seen in my life. Holy, it's fuck. so ridiculous! Like it, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like it's supposed to be over the top. Like you get it, so you give it a pass. But like, there's no way in hell that girl lived through any of that shit. Like, nope, absolutely not. Yes. <laughs> absolutely not. I'm going down after the first thing that happens to her. <laughs> yeah, it's just so because I kept going back to it over and over, and it, she's still like twitching and like crying, and it's just like, bro, just just die, go, man. You're dead. <laughs> you are so dead. <laughs> no, she's already dead. <laughs> but yeah, so. But it's it's crazy how we can have in, in horror in the the horror movie culture, it can be the dumbest thing ever. But if it's done practically with practical effects, everyone automatically like gives it a pass because practical yeah. effects are king. Um, as soon as you try to do something with CGI, um, even if it looks okay, it's not ever going to be as well received as practical effects. Mm-hmm. I've always said that the the key to good or bad horror depends on the level of self-awareness that the director has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you're going into it and you're making like a, you're trying to make a serious movie, but it's just, it's just dumb as shit. The whole way mm-hmm. that the script is terrible, it's going to be bad. But if you're making like a goofy fun horror movie and it's written as goofy fun, that it's, then it's good. Or if it's oh, supposed yeah, to be dumb and over the top and bad and shit yeah. like that, then it helps. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> terrifier 2 prime example it's insanely yep. over the top and dramatic and it's supposed to be that way because they wanted it to be that way so it works yeah. exactly yeah self self-awareness and we're getting a third one because of it so uh, did that thing like and that terrifier 2 like it actually got like really good reviews i'm pretty sure and it made yeah. a fuck ton of money yeah it made a lot so. and even that, that was the one that got a theatrical release too because the first one yeah. was tv only they, they gave the dude a theatrical release. Good for him. Like that's that's a really nice success story that I like to hear. Yeah, and then but we're getting people, another one, so it worked out really well. That's one of the great one of the things that I love the most about uh, James A. Genies and Dead Meat. Like even when he goes through like the really bad movies, he goes through with his like the behind the scenes to do the research. He still takes the time to give credit where credit is due and commend the filmmakers. Like even with the Winnie the Pooh movie. <laughs> The, the Winnie oh, the Pooh yeah. horror movie, that's dog shit. Yeah. He was like, Bloody these dudes Bloody. made a movie. I've never made a movie, so good on you. <laughs> yeah. So the dude's just so genuine. Here we are again with the uh, with, with the with the dead meat um, uh, love fest. But, but yeah. Yeah, so. I, fi- I feel like that's what I've been enjoying about doing these types of episodes specifically, too, because it's been fun to kind of just like look into like the the back line of the game production and stuff like that to mm-hmm. see like the little fun oh, tidbits yeah. and stuff that's been tossed around yeah. in there. Absolutely. Throw out some names of people that, you know, maybe the it, players yeah. never knew. Yeah. Yeah. Credit where credit is due. But exactly. anywho, the Saw 10 trailer is what, um, what I had to talk about. Obviously I'm not going to describe it too much or go into it because I don't want to spoil anything. If you haven't seen it, if you're a Saw fan and haven't seen it yet, which if you're a Saw fan, you probably already have. But if for some reason you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It actually looks really good. I'm tentatively excited for this movie. Hells yeah. Cool. Well, did you have anything you wanted to talk about before we hopped in? I don't think so. I think we, uh, we got that covered. Cool. Well, then let's head right into it. We are... Officially halfway through our top 10 lists, I'm pretty sure. 
If not, yep. we're going to be after this. So uh, the game I'm going to be talking about today, uh, one of my top 10 games of favorite games of all time, one of the games of all time. <laughs> it is a video game <laughs> that exists. Batman Arkham City, released in the golden era of 2011. Oh, yeah. It's really weird to think that that was almost 15 years ago. That is very Jesus depressing now Christ. that you said it out loud. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to say it out loud, but <laughs> this is one of those games, though, you go to play it and you can't tell that it's that old. It, it's still a, an excellent game to this day. Um, Honestly, yeah. Fact, I need to go. I need to get like the, the, the Arkham collection or whatever, because I would love to play Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. So for, for those of you who don't know, Arkham City is a sequel. It's the second in the tech. Technically, there are four games in the Arkham series, but of, of, like officially, it's a trilogy. Batman Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham uh, Knight. There's also Arkham Origins. It's a prequel story that I think was developed by a different team, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's still Rocksteady, but it's like a different branch of them. So it's mm-hmm. not technically part of the original trilogy. It wasn't as well received, even though I, I thought it was fine. But officially... Batman Arkham City is the sequel to Arkham Asylum. And Arkham Asylum was a fantastic game in its own right. That was released in 2009 uh, for PS3 and Xbox 360. The only reason that I'm putting City above Asylum is because it essentially took everything that made Arkham Asylum a great game and just improved it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, Arkham Asylum was more of a it was more of a Metroidvania game. It was kind of open world, but it, obviously it took place in Arkham Asylum, so a lot smaller environments and hallways they had to go through. Arkham City actually takes place in a chunk of Gotham City that they've walled up and turned it into a prison. So it's actually full-on open world. You can just climb up buildings and fly and float around and shit. So it's an evolution in that way, but the combat has been refined. There's a lot more gadgets you can use. Um, there's a lot more content story-wise with side missions. There's a fuck ton of Riddler trophies to collect. There's like over 400... 400 Riddler side missions, which is insane to think about. But it just took everything that made Arkham Asylum so great and just turned it up to 11 in Arkham City. Um, To this day, it's considered one of the greatest games ever made. Certainly one of the best superhero games ever made. Um, And even though Arkham Knight would come out a few years later and even further kind of enhance everything, I still didn't quite like it quite as much as Arkham City. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not really for sure why. Honestly, one of the things that kind of first things I think of is that Arkham City did a little bit of this, but not quite to the extent that Arkham Knight did. Arkham Knight is just a very, what am I trying to say? It's very sleek. It's very clean. Arkham City and Arkham Asylum were a lot grungier and a lot dirtier and a little bit darker Batman stories, which is weird to say because Arkham Knight is actually an M-rated game. The other two are T for Teen. But the style of Arkham's uh, Asylum and Arkham City are just lean a little bit more into the comic book aspects of it, whereas Arkham Knight felt a little bit more in line with the Nolan movies, which isn't a bad thing, but it is one of the things that kept it kept me from liking it quite just a little bit um, under Arkham City. Arkham City is still, in my opinion, the best of those three games. That's fair. <clears throat> All three of them are fantastic, though. So, like, still, you know, go play all of them. They're great. Arkham City is just, like, cream of the, the cream of the crop to me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
little bit about uh, the story if you haven't played it. Uh, like I said, Arkham City is this walled-off chunk of Gotham City that they've kind of funneled all the criminals into um, just because they were running out of room in Arkham City and they needed somewhere to put everything. So they literally took a few blocks of Gotham City and turned it into a prison. Uh, which is a really interesting idea, and it's actually an idea that they teased all the way back in Arkham Asylum. Uh, there's a there's a section of that game in the warden's office that if you like blew up a wall, it would lead into a secret office that had where you can see like the blueprints for Arkham City. Um, it was a really really oh, cool yeah. Easter egg that a lot of people didn't know about. But that was the developers even when they made Arkham Arkham Asylum, they had ideas for Arkham City, and that's just a really really cool Easter egg. I do remember um, that actually? Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Hold on, I'm gonna swap earphones because this one's getting there. We go, other ear, other ear, other ear. Um, but yeah, so that's the setting of Arkham City. It's actually in Arkham City, and Bruce Wayne. Uh, because he's the nicest billionaire who's ever lived, um, who will ever live, is against this project. Um, and Hugo Strange, the new warden of the facility, who's actually a really neat villain. He's like one of the original Batman villains. Um, he was Doctor Strange before Marvel's Doctor Strange came around. Um, he's he's not even a super villain. He's just a psychiatrist. He's just an evil psychiatrist. <laughs> but he Aren't doesn't like... And the cool thing about Hugo Strange is he he deduced um, Batman's identity. He knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne just from like his psychological, you know, no, skills and know how he deduced who he was. Um, and that's what makes Hugo Strange so threatening is because he knows this. And at any point he could like reveal Batman's identity, but he doesn't. So but when Bruce Wayne uh, speaks out against Arkham City, which is which is already a thing, but he's like campaigning until I get it closed. Hugo has Bruce Wayne committed to Arkham City. So the, the opening of the game, it does, it's a really cool way to do opening credits um, in a nice way that mirrors the opening to Arkham Asylum. Because in Arkham Asylum, during the opening credits, you are you just captured Joker and you were like walking Joker with the guards into Arkham City, Arkham Asylum. And Arkham City is kind of the same thing, but like reverse. You're the guy in shackles who's being led into this prison while the opening credits roll. So really nice little mirroring there. But Bruce Wayne does as Bruce Wayne does. He escapes uh, some criminals and he has Alfred launch his bad suit into the vicinity, into the, the vicinity. And you suddenly have open access to most if not all of arkham city you can immediately just go off wherever i think there's a couple of places that are off limits until you find a certain gadget i think i could be wrong but i feel like there's like one or two areas you couldn't get to quite yet but for the most part you can just kind of go off um but obviously right now you're, you kind of want to follow the story and i won't get into the, the story specifics just yet because honestly it's it's a lot it's a lot i haven't and i haven't played this game in a while so i don't remember exactly what all the story beats are but one of the things I like, I really like about Arkham City is that it introduces a lot more villains than Arkham Asylum does. Now, Arkham Asylum does have quite a few. Aside from Joker, you've got Poison Ivy and Bane and all of them. Uh, but Arkham City has all of them. Plus, it has Penguin. It has Two-Face. It has Catwoman. It introduces uh, Riddler for the first time. Whereas in Arkham Asylum, Riddler was just a disembodied voice in your radio. You never actually saw him. He just talked to mm -hmm. you. But they actually like had him in the game because he was in Arkham City. 
he had like a full body model and everything. And I can remember before this game came out, reading an issue of Game Informer and where they like showed what his character model would look like. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever because right? he looks, it's so sick. <laughs> he's such a sick looking guy. And honestly, the the Robert Pattinson Batman movie, I feel like Paul Dano's version of the Riddler kind of took uh, obviously not his whole look because he looks different, but just kind of like that style of character that yeah. he was, who was sure. less of a nerd and more of an unhinged badass. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was really, really neat. If you haven't seen him, you can Google some Riddler images from Arkham City. He looks cool. He's That's a great character model. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of the, the opening of Arkham City. Um, you're rescuing Catwoman from Two-Face. Um, there's kind of a turf war between him and Penguin, and so you're kind of playing them against each other uh, to try to figure out what's going on. Joker is not the main villain in this in this game. He's kind of like a secondary antagonist. Uh, it's Hugo Strange who's like the main antagonist in this. You're trying to figure out what he's up to because you know that he's up to some shit. You just don't know what it is with Arkham City. So you're trying to get to the bottom of that. Um, so, and with with the turf war going on, what's really cool is that Arkham City, the way they made it actually feel like an actual lived-in place, um, because there's some parts of the map that are Two-Face territory, and there are some parts of the map that are Penguin territory, and they have very distinct looks. And the goons that you'll find walking around are actually, you can tell whose henchmen they are. Um just by like their getup and whatnot. Like the two-faced henchmen have like masks that are like divided in half uh, and whatnot. So it's a really nice little attention to detail that you can almost tell where you're at in the whole world without having to look at the map just by telling, okay, I'm I'm in penguin territory. I at least know like what part of the map I'm in. Um, So that's, that that's really, really cool. But one of the things that really set the Batman Arkham games apart from a lot of other superhero games is and a lot of other just games in general is the combat system. Uh, Arkham Asylum introduced, I, I believe they called it free flow combat system or something like that. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. Where essentially the combat was super simple. You pressed the X button to punch and you press the Y button to counter. If an enemy was about to hit you a little like lightning bolt would show around their head telling you, Hey, you got to counter this guy. That's literally it. But the way that they designed Batman's punches and kicks and you can like tilt the stick to go from one enemy to the next and the way Batman was animated, it was all like one fluid combo. It's hard to describe without actually without you actually seeing it if you haven't yet, but it's one of the most robust, interesting combat systems that they that in video games at the time, like hand to hand combat. Um, and you had other things you could like disarm enemies with a certain button combination. There are shielded enemies that you had to like jump over and get behind them. Um, there was this really cool skill you could unlock to where if you like were up against an enemy with a gun, you could like do some button combo to take the gun and then just like dismantle it in front of yeah. everybody so that they just couldn't use the gun again. It's just really cool. There are so many things you could do in combat. It, it never got old. Um, as a matter of fact, one of the things that I remember spending a lot of time doing when I finished the game, when I like completed the campaign, was they had like a challenge mode to where you just it's just wave after wave of bad guys, and you were just trying to see how high of a combo you could get. You could literally go into like the hundreds and two hundreds with your combo, as long as you kept an eye, as long as you like were aware of what kind of enemies there were and what the button combination was to deal with that type of enemy. And as long as you paid attention to the enemies that were about to hit you, because as soon as you missed a, a counter, 
and an enemy smacked you, that ended the, 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 the combo. And that felt really, really bad when you're getting up to like the 200 plus combo and a dude just comes and pops you and, <laughs> and, and you're done. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> but when you're able to, because you get into such a rhythm, it's almost you, you're, you get put into autopilot just because you, you're, you're into this rhythm and you're punching and you're kicking and you're dismantling and you're countering and you're cape stunning. It's one of the most satisfying combat systems I have ever come across. And the only other game that I have played that emulated this to at least to be also successful was the Mad Max video game. It had a very similar combat system that honestly, from what I remember, was was also really fun to use. Not quite to the extent of Batman, because unfortunately in Mad Max, you're not playing as Batman. Um, (laughs) So it's automatically less cool. But still, that's a game. That's the only game I can think of. I'm sure there are others, but it's the only one I can think of that successfully emulated the free flow combat system of of the Batman Arkham games. So that's one of the many, many, many highlights of these games. And Arkham City just kind of perfected it because it was already great in, in Arkham Asylum. Um, they also kind of updated your, mo- your mobility because whereas in Arkham Asylum, there's a lot of, you know, hallways. There, there were quite a few open areas, but for the most part, it was like hallways and the interiors of buildings and whatnot. Arkham City, for the most part, you're outside. So they had to kind of create this environment with your mobility in mind because you you've always had your grapple gun, but they've also made it to where you have this like grapple boost so that if you like double tap the A button or something while you were grappling, you would just like launch yourself off the corner of a roof and 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 then Batman would just like spread his wings and you would just you'd be like so high up in the air and then you would just like float down. Uh, it, it was a really fun uh, so satisfying too. So satisfying. It's the only other superhero game aside from like the old Spider-Man games, like Spider-Man Two or the or the new PS4 and PS5 Spider-Man games, where traversal, like non-vehicular traversal, felt so good to use. It obviously yeah. wasn't quite as fast as Spider-Man's web swinging would be, especially if you're just like gliding. It did, it 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 took a lot longer, obviously, but that plus the grapple, it really made you feel like like Batman. Which essentially is what ultimately the great thing about these games are, is it really made you feel like Batman. And not just in the combat or anything, um, these games also really emphasize the detective part of Batman, which unfortunately a Mm. lot of movies kind of neglect. Um, Aside from Robert Pattinson's Batman, that was the first one to portray him as a detective, and it fucking ruled. fucking finally. Yeah. World's greatest detective just got sidelined. For real. And that, that's one of the reasons why the Robert Pattinson Batman is so good is because it's half a detective movie. Yeah. It's, it's a really well done detective movie. Yeah. It, it's almost like a Saw movie at some times. It's crazy. <laughs> Borderline, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Yeah. But these games, you could like tap the left shoulder button and you'd go into detective mode. Um, the screen would change into, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's, you could tell like that a, Batman is like putting an electronic thermally kind of weird thing. Yeah. yeah. Everything would go blue, but enemies would be highlighted because you could see their body temperature. Um, points the of Twilight movie be- filter. <laughs> uh, it was like Predator Vision almost. <laughs> yeah. Um, points of interest like grates and stuff, stuff that you can move through would be highlighted. Um, it helped you when you were actually doing the detective moments in this game, like tracking a, su- uh, a suspect or whatever. 
But when you're trying to do stealth or when you're, you know, in a big room full of bad guys and you're trying to stealthily take them down by swinging between gargoyles, the detective mode really helped because you could really see where the enemies were. You could see points of interest like breakable walls where they, you could like, you know, plant an explosive there and bust through or things like that. Um, so the detective mode is, is, is really, really well done in the Arkham games um, and the other side of like, you know, the, the combat part of it. Um, and all the gadgets you can use, it like doubles the number of gadgets that you have in Arkham Asylum. Um, obviously, you have your batterings, but you've also got like you have things that can unlock doors. You've got stuff that can like electrify things, like a magnet gun or whatever. Um, one of the most uh, one of the most used gadgets, especially for traversal, was I forget what it was called. It's not called the line gun because that's a dead space weapon, but it's the one that like shoots out like a grapple line. Yeah, the can, like, zip line across thing. gaps. Yeah. yeah, and one of the biggest changes they made in this game was that you could change directions in midair. Um, yeah, as, as you were like down the zip line, you could like press a button or whatever, and it would turn to slow motion, and Batman would like flip up, and you could like aim uh, another direction and fire it, and you could just switch directions in one move. It sounds really stupid me describing it like that. <laughs> but when you actually see it and use it in the game, it's badass. It's really, really yeah. cool. Um, you can't use the Batmobile, unfortunately, in this game. That is something you could do in Arkham in Arkham Asylum, but Arkham City is not quite that big to um, uh, like earn the use of the Batmobile. But even still, I mean, that's like the only thing that you can't do in this game. That's that's a Batman thing, but it doesn't really need it, honestly. <clears throat> But. It's funny that with Arkham Knight, people complained so much about how much they had to use the Batmobile. But then before Arkham Knight came out and Arkham City, people complained that they still can't use the Batmobile. <laughs> it's like, yeah. What do you want, man? What do you want from <laughs> They're me? making up for two games worth of no Batmobile. Come on. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I thought the Batmobile was really cool in Arkham Knight. I, well, I thought it was fun. It's so fun. It's one of the best things about Arkham Knight. There's a lot of really good things in that game, but the, the use of the Batmobile is is definitely the highlight of that game. It's such a good use. And uh, the Arkham's... entering and exiting like mechanics they added to it, like the uh, the launch boost, you can shoot out of it yeah. at like max velocity, or the uh, call it in and you can just like land in it from like wherever you are. It's, it's so, so cool. fluid and so seamless. Like they didn't make it feel clunky like you'd think it might be because you're it's a big tank coming in, but it's yeah. just as seamless as the combat is. Really, really well made. And like I said, that's one of the best things about Arkham Knight, which again is a fantastic game. Uh, but even having the Batmobile in it as well as it was, isn't still still isn't quite enough to overtake Arkham City for me. And honestly, a lot of it is just because of the hype. This was such a hyped game when it came out. Um, I remember watching like previews of it on X Play. Um, it was in 2011 when all those other fantastic games come out. I had like I had no clue what to ask for for Christmas. Because we typically only <laughs> asked for like one new game for Christmas just because there are yeah. three of us. And if we each asked for a brand new game, that's a ton of money right there. So, but I just remember like, which one do I want? Because that's the game that Rage came out. That's the year that, I don't know, some Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out. Gears of War 3 came out. So many fucking games. And I had no clue what to ask for for Christmas. Um, but luckily, this was a game that almost as soon as it came out, my Uncle Matt bought it for us. I forget why. I think we did some yard work for him. 
and he bought us the game as like a as like some payment or whatever. Uh, either way, I didn't have to wait till Christmas. I got it like almost on launch date. And it was incredible. Uh, the box art is really fucking cool. Oh, I was um, just going to say the same exact thing. It's so it's fuck, so it's, sexy. It is the black and white with just with the, with just the red. Yes. Oh, it's, it's so, so cool. good. I, I remember it. I remember the Game Informer where they, they, the issue where they did that as the cover story. It was the black. It was like him and Catwoman tied up together. Yeah, but it was she the had him in like the, the lasso. Th- oh, I think I saw yeah. that issue somewhere. It's, oh, it's so That sexy. aesthetic is beautiful. That alone is also what puts Arkham City above the other Arkham games because the other games didn't do that. Arkham Asylum was just Batman standing in front of Arkham Asylum. And then Arkham Knight was just him flying over the Batmobile. Like, it's cool, but yeah. it's not Arkham City. It's cool. not that. Like, come on. <laughs> it's not that. They had Damn. also the um. It was like the, the game of the year edition was pretty sweet, where he's like he's like wiping the blood off his face. Yes, the, yes. Oh. Even though it was memed to death because it had so much text on the box with the big ten <laughs> out of ten from Game yeah. Four, just just because it had the Batman wiping the blood off his chin, it was still enough to make it a fucking cool cover. Yeah. So so badass. There's there's blank versions you can find it. You know, oh good. That has full, less full of the glory, text. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool, man. And I don't usually. I'm not usually one to complain about box art. Like I don't take box, especially since physical games apparently are not as popular anymore. There's so many digital games, and so mm-hmm. box art doesn't like matter anymore. But back in the day, before digital digital games were you know this much of a thing, really good box art would could sometimes be the difference between a game that sells really well and a game that hardly gets noticed. It's got to draw you in if you don't know what it is, yeah. you know? Yeah, and the box art, and then the fact that there was, the advertising for this game was off the charts. I saw trailer after trailer after trailer for this game, and they all used, like, the same black and white color palette for, like, the non-gameplay mm-hmm. portions of it. So I went to the a, midnight release for it. Oh, nice. That's, I yeah. mean, that was fun. That's, that's so yeah. cool. It was just, it was an event. It was an experience uh, when this game first came out. It was in that era where, again, it was in the golden era of video games in 2011. Just just to be a kid during that time and have all these options for excellent video games had and on all the different avenues that they were advertised. X-Play, Game Informer. It was before I got into the, it was before I got a Facebook and got, and was able to get online. So I didn't have like the internet to advertise this stuff. It was mainly Game Informer and TV ads and things like, and X-Play. Um, but this was such a hyped game. And yeah. Like, like I said, it's an, it's an, it was an experience to kind of live through that era. Um, and you know what? Arkham Knight was also a hyped game, but it, I don't think it ever reached that same level that Arkham City was at. Yeah, it was. They they had a lot of hype going for it because they were trying to. It, the whole the whole hype was basically around like who the Arkham Knight is because they said it was it was like a new yeah. villain that's never been All in, new like, character a, featured before. But like you know, spoilers, I guess. Uh, <laughs> they kind of spoiled it themselves. I remember GameStop did it, where the pre order was you got a red hood like dlc code to play as him for like a, a mini game thing yeah yeah and everyone's like all right so obviously he's red hood why the fuck else would he be in the game <laughs> this make yeah, any exactly sense. yeah and it's just like one yeah. thing that my friend and i we, we were going back and forth it was like oh like who do you think it's gonna be we we're like oh it's gotta be red hood and then two days later sure enough the red hood bullshit story. yeah then yeah. it was red hood he's still pissed 
Yeah, like it's an interesting idea, and if they hadn't released the DLC like that, it would have been more of a surprise. Um, yeah, but they should yeah, have just waited. Yeah, they they have they should have waited, but because it, it was a cool twist, the fact they kind of redid the Red Hood origin story. Yeah, um, I do still kind of wish that he was still a brand new character, like not related to anything that existed yet. That's um, what I we were like, all hoping for too. I feel like turning him into okay, now he's a character you've heard of before was a little bit of a cop out, but it, it's still pretty cool. Yeah, at least um, they saved it for like the very very end. Because I'm pretty sure there yeah. was only like one more story mission after the. Yeah, I think you're right. It was at the at the very end because this whole game you went through and he was just because you the you destroy the the night mask. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and, and then he and has the, like the red hood one or something. Yeah, like the I don't I don't remember how it was. It's like he had like a helmet within a helmet, or like yeah. the the inner layer of the helmet was was red, and so it yeah. looked like it was just a red hood, which I thought was that's, that's pretty cool. That's a, that's a pretty neat way to do it, but a little bit too on the nose. Yeah. But still um, got the collector's edition for that one, though. Yeah, it's it's like, don't get me wrong. Once again, fucking awesome game. All three of these games are excellent. But once Arkham City came out, it was like the pinnacle. And as good as Arkham Knight was, it still wasn't quite going to reach the same heights that Arkham City was. Yeah. That's fair. So. And um, there's Origins. Yeah, which I played a little bit of Arkham Origins, and I didn't hate it. I mean, it still had the stuff from the Arkham games that were that was that was good. Like it still had the same combat and whatnot. It was interesting because it was. It, I mean, it was an origin story. It was like within the first year of Batman being Batman. Um, mm-hmm. It's the game that first introduced Joker as a character. Um, Bruce Wayne was still young and inexperienced. Uh, it was neat kind of seeing the beginnings of all these different villains, even if the villains they chose were kind of stupid <laughs> some of yeah. them were anyway it was just like i don't know it had a really really good story mm-hmm. but i feel like the, the game itself was just not executed that well like all the boss fights were really mediocre and the yeah. whole the dead shot fight was like the main advertisement because that 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 fight trailer was like six minutes long and it's fucking beautiful to this day yeah. like the origins trailer is amazing and then everything was just so rushed and like i don't know it just it just didn't do that do it for yeah. me the, the collector's good, edition but... statue is really fucking cool though yeah. but i got still that. a cool game but it's not near the level of the other arkham games and the, yeah the the thing that i will never forgive them for is they replaced mark hamill as joker mm-hmm. like i love troy baker as much as the next guy and it kind of i i get why because he's a much younger joker that he would have a slightly different voice but come on mark hamill is the joker no one would have fucking cared yeah, we, no one would have gave a shit. Troy no. did fine, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not shitting on Troy. Odd. Troy did fine, but yeah. it's it, it kind of it, it's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way that they decided to do that. But yeah, so yeah, if you haven't played it, it's definitely worth a worth a play if you can get it for cheap. You know, I wouldn't pay more than like you know five bucks for it, but <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's another Arkham game, so but. None of them can can come even close to to Arkham City. It's perfect. I don't include Origins in any of the collections either. I just just realized it's left out. Oh yeah, there's no Riddler stuff, is there? Because the uh, the HD collection was just Asylum and City, and then they had the trilogy pack, which is just up to night. But oh, they yeah. never include uh, Origins. No, 
I don't know why. And again, it's because it's it's not an official part of the trilogy. It was made like it's kind of like the Dark Souls Two is made by the B team or whatever. Yeah. So it wasn't a true member of the of it was a member of the family, but it wasn't a a, a part of the trio. Um. I guess that makes sense. But, yeah. But, but yeah, so Arkham City is phenomenal. The Riddler missions are honestly, um. I'm not a huge open world guy, especially these days, just because I don't have the time to comb an entire open world of everything it's got. And Everything's fucking open world these days. Yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of them these days, they shouldn't be open world because there's not enough stuff to do. It's open world mm-hmm. just for the sake of it being open. But Arkham City, that came, and it's not even a very big area, like in mm-hmm. terms of like square mileage. It's not huge. But they fucking crammed that city. Every sing, every place you looked, because there's over four. There are like 440 Riddler trophies to find. Yeah, it's insane. I cannot fucking believe. To this day, I'm like, how in the world did you fit f- more than 400 Riddler missions in that tiny ass chunk of city? It blows my mind. That's what I spent the most time doing after finishing the campaign, because you can go through and just collect all the Riddler trophies. It would take you ages to do it. That plus the combat missions. There's there's plenty of stuff to do after you finish the campaign in this game. It's um, pretty lengthy. Yeah. And there's a lot of like hidden side missions too. Like it I remember when I came across the Mad Hatter mission. Mm-hmm. You almost had to stumble across it accidentally. You just have had to find I, I I don't even remember what you do to trigger it, but the Azrael missions were like that too. Yeah, he's you like would just come stalking you the whole time. Yeah, yeah, you just had to find him on a rooftop somewhere. They wouldn't tell you where he was. Kind of this mm-hmm. Arkham Knight did kind of the same thing with the Man Bat missions. That was remember your first time encountering Man Bat in Arkham Knight. That fucking jump scare, Jesus! So Christ. scary because <laughs> what you would do? <laughs> you would just be grappling up on a building like you do every five seconds in this fucking game. But as soon as you get to the lip, instead of Batman pulling himself up, it zooms in to like this little mini cutscene. And Man Bat just sticks his fucking monster face over the ledge and roars at you and then flies off with no fucking warning. It's the scariest <laughs> yeah, shit. It's a huge it's jump so scare. So random. That's why they're, it's one of the best side missions in that entire game, honestly, just because it has no warning and it's fucking great. That one and the Professor Pig missions. The Professor Pig missions were really, really cool too. Oh, they're so good. They're so well so, done. Yeah. Because that's that's a mission where it's full on detective mode. You're examining a crime scene. You're trying to find the evidence. You do that for like three or four crime scenes, and you're slowly but surely narrowing down the location of Professor Pig. Um, so, and that's in Arkham Knight. That's not in Arkham City. So, uh, Arkham Knight is still a fantastic game once again. But the Arkham games all did that kind of stuff really, really well. Different side missions with different scenarios that had to do with different supervillains. Nothing was repeated in this game, at least between supervillains. Obviously, when you're going on a specific side quest, they're going to be kind of more of the same thing, whether it's examining a crime scene or beating up some bad guys. But it felt true to the character you were pursuing. Um, And whenever you switch to a different villain in the different part of the city, you'd be doing different things. Um, And just like how with the Riddler, there's almost no combat with the Riddler missions. It's all figuring out these puzzles um so uh, the characterization of the villains and how it would affect your gameplay um 
is one of the highlights of this game and one of the many, many, many highlights. And that all kind of culminates in probably what is one of my favorite boss fights of all time um, against Mr. Freeze in this game. Mm, yeah. Such a cool fucking boss fight. Mr. Freeze is already one of my favorite Batman villains. He's such an interesting and tragic character. Um, and he's not really a villain in this game. He's just one of the side He's just one of the secondary antagonists. Not even a second. He's not even really a tertiary antagonist. He just pops up in one part of the story um, because you're trying to find the cure to this disease uh, that the Joker has. And it just so happens that Freeze is going to help you do that. Um, So for most of that part of the game, Mr. Freeze is helping you. Kind of. In the only way that, you know, a a crazed supervillain can. But (laughs) at the very end... uh, if you don't know who Mr. Freeze is, let me educate you. Mr. Freeze, and not the Arnold Schwarzenegger Mr. Freeze. Yeah. This no. is like the evolved. Nice to hybrid. meet you. <laughs> this is the non uh, one liner, tragic, highbrow Mr. Freeze, <laughs> um, who honestly just wants to help his dear wife. His wife is suffering from an incurable disease. And Mr. Freeze keeps her body frozen in hopes of finding a cure for it. It's super tragic. It's super sad. And it's one of the reasons why I love the Mr. Freeze villain. Because he he's the most human of them all, it seems. Um, it just so happens that he does a lot of illegal shit, but it's all to help his wife. <laughs> yeah. So, and his character design in this game is so cool. When he, like, puts his, like, lowers his helmet... And he gets this like robotic voice. I remember when that first happened, it was like, oh shit, (laughs) he's going Darth Vader on us. But the way the boss fight works is you're in like the police station or whatever. And at first it's a pretty, you can go up and punch him, but you can't, it's hard. You can't really damage him through his super suit. So you have to find ways to like go through grates or bust through a wall to like do some damage to him and try to break his uh, helmet to, to get to him. But once you try one thing, like the very first time you you like ambush him from a from a floor grate, after that happens, he will freeze over the floor so that you cannot use those floor grates again. You have to find another way. And let's say like you you bust through a window next time, he's going to make it to where you can't bust through windows anymore. He adapts to what Batman does, and you have to constantly keep doing different things to um to take him down. So in the middle of this boss fight, you're like, okay, what else have I done with before uh during these stealth missions oh yeah i've dropped down from a gargoyle before i'm gonna try to do that it works he's not down yet and he's also taking out the rest of the gargoyles. so now you have to try and find something else it's just such a cool way to keep this boss fight keep the variations up um it's not the same thing the whole time and the whole time mr freeze is talking to you in his cool ass ice robot voice and the whole time you're not really like still empathizing with this guy because of the whole his frozen wife thing um and he's the only reason he's doing this is because again everything that he does is to try to help his wife which makes taking him down kind of sad compared to you know all the other villains you take down so it doesn't feel good (laughs) it doesn't feel good no even though it mechanically it feels amazing it story-wise it doesn't feel good taking mr freeze down and it's the best boss fight in the entire. It's, it's the best boss fight in the entire game. It's one of the best moments of the entire game. It's one of the best interactions with a villain in like the entire 
in, in modern gaming, in my opinion, the Mr. Freeze boss fight is, will always be like a top 10 moment in video gaming in my head. It's such a good encounter. It is really good. Did yeah. you, did you get fucked up a few times when you first? Oh yeah. It took me a little bit. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't tell you that you have to figure that shit out on your own. Uh, because you'll try to like go through a grade again and you'll realize that it's all frozen up and you're like, Oh shit, what do I do now? I thought I could just great ambush him the whole time. So it's just really smart in the way that the game doesn't hold your hand with it, with, with that shit. So it, it, it took me a couple of tries for sure until I realized that I had to try some other things to get to him. So it's not an easy boss fight. It's, mm -hmm. it's difficult. He hits hard. Um, but Mr. Freeze is a badass, man. I really hope that when they make more with like the next Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, I hope Mr. Freeze is a villain in it because I feel like with that universe that Matt Reeves is building up, Mr. Freeze could be a really interesting villain for him to face off against, especially if really they make him. Well. Yeah. Especially if they, instead of going the crazy one-liner Arnie route, make him the tragic scientist who's just trying to help his wife. It would yeah. be so interesting. Watch like this, the slow decline in like his mental state. Yes. slowly consume him yeah it'll be it'll they did be the villains so well in those games they did every single villain like mr freeze is the best but penguin is really interesting two-face is really interesting if scarecrow's if, design scarecrow's fucking cool oh, i kind of don't like that they changed it in arkham knight i prefer his arkham asylum and arkham city attire but he still looks cool in all three games he looks creepy as shit the scarecrow missions though in yeah. But yeah, yeah. His design in like Asylum, oh, oh so good, beautiful. Yeah, I love so it even, so much. E even if a villain didn't have a fleshed out backstory in those games, just their design was always on top. Yeah, so cool. So I, I, I love it. That's such a, like a an important aspect too. I think for like games like that, you need your villains to actually mm -hmm. feel like a villain and look. Oh, like absolutely. Them. Especially with Batman having one of the most famous rogue galleries in all of, you know, superhero media. Like yeah. Him and Spider-Man have, like, the most varied collection of, of supervillains. Um, so they, they have to do villains really good, especially in a game like this. And thankfully, it's one of the many things that makes the Arkham game stand out is every single one of their villains is incredible. And honestly... There's a lot of villains that I learned about by playing these games, um, especially in Arkham City, because one of the things that made collecting these Riddler trophies really interesting in the first game was that a lot of them would have to do with with the supervillains that you didn't see in Arkham Asylum, but they would they would unlock like some artwork and the like the biography of each supervillain. Like even though the Penguin wasn't in Arkham Asylum. You can still unlock like his artwork and his biography to learn more about him. And I learned about Hush with that mechanic. I learned about um, Scarface the puppet. Um, I learned about the Mad Hatter. I learned about I learned about a ton of Batman's villains that I never heard of through these games. And it, it made me realize how many villains Batman has. So many. It's Firefly. Insane. I had never heard of Firefly before. So, yeah, it's just really. In I loved just collecting these rhythm trophies and being like, oh, okay, I wonder what the next villain is. Uh, even though they don't make an appearance, the fact that you could collect them and learn more about them 
was just really fascinating. It was a really cool way to do collectibles. Yeah, I agree. So, and that's why whenever they do come out with the Batman two with 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 Robert Pattinson, they have so many villains to pick from. Like, I want Mister Freeze, obviously, but there is still a lot of villains you could do that they haven't done before. I want them to do someone new. I don't want them to, you know, do fucking Bane again. Bane's already been done. And even though it wasn't comic accurate Bane, they still did Bane. I want to see someone new. I want to see Clayface. I want to see... Clayface would be sick. He would be so cool. He would be so cool. I want to see Mad Hatter. Mad Hatter's a really interesting villain. Um, Victor Zaz. I'd love to have more of Victor Zaz. Um, He's my number one for that. Especially with him just being a super villain, like him, maybe, maybe like a Victor Zaz and a Professor Pig, like, like Jigsaw style detective movie. Like Zaz is already fucking fucking off of his shit as is with like, you know, tallying up his victims on his body and all that kind Mm -hmm. of shit. Like in the Reeves universe, can you imagine? Oh my God. Oh man. Especially what he did with just Riddler alone. Like I can only imagine an actual serial killer villain that already exists in the Batman universe, but in Reeves verse now would be so fucking cool. Disgusting. It'd be beautiful. And if they would make it R rated cherry on top, Mm -hmm. give us a violent, disturbing Batman movie. Yeah. That's yeah. They, they have R rated animated movies. They have a lot. Yeah. They have a lot of them. Yeah. So was the the Batman not R disgusting? The Batman was just PG-13. Was it? Yeah. They probably could have made it R, you know, if they yeah, added a couple extra scenes, but... Pushing I think for it originally. Yeah, but with... They, they can only get PG-13, so... And honestly, that's probably one of the only things that held that movie back. If it was R-rated and it added a couple extra scenes, I think it would have been even better. Yeah. We need, like, a director's cut. Yeah. What did you think of uh, the Joker deleted scene? That was pretty cool. Yeah. I'm kind of uh, with the crowd of we've seen Joker tons of times. I'm okay with not having Joker for a little bit. Um, Ultimately, I'm okay with them. If they keep him in jail and make him almost like this Hannibal Lecter style character, I think that would be a really interesting way to do Joker. But yeah. if they make the Batman 2 where Joker breaks out and he's just Heath Ledger again, I don't want that. We've already done it. Keep Joker in jail like that deleted scene and make him kind of like a Hannibal Lecter style character that Batman keeps going back to for for information or for help. That would be such an interesting dynamic. I would love to see that. Yeah, I think the only the only way I would I'd be cool with him if he does break out is if he becomes like a mob boss type thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like a it's like a recruiting other villains type situation where he's cool. kind of he's like in the background, like he's not the main focal point. Right. The rest is like villains that are trying to become like more known at this point. So you can introduce like Victor Zaz and shit like that. But Joker's like yeah. the head honcho. But I mean, it's like Pretty cool. You, you, you can't have Batman without Joker. But mm-hmm. just knowing that he exists in the universe yes. and we've seen him, him, I'm completely fine with that if they don't actually have him as like a main villain for like five movies at this point yeah i'm i'm i agree with you there batman and joker are like two sides of the same coin so i agree he needs to exist um 
So, but as long as they don't do another Dark Knight is already perfect as it is. We don't need another of those types of movies. Batman yeah. already has plenty of other villains that we could pull from. And having Joker in the background, like you said, not as the main antagonist, but like this threat that exists elsewhere, that his presence is established, but he's not the main threat right now. That would that would be ideal. I would love to to have like uh, a good good killer croc segment in a movie Ooh, where it's like Ridley Scott alien esque. It's, <laughs> it's just him, like a lurking kind of situation. It would be oh my god! I would love because that's that's kind of how it was in the game too. When when yeah. you first encounter Killer Croc and you're like sneaking around and he can pop out at certain points and shit. It's I want something horror. like that. Yeah, <laughs> I want like a survival horror bit in a dude. In a Killer Croc, movie. we especially need a good Killer Croc because he sh- he was in the Suicide Squad, but he was an embarrassment. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about the uh, we don't talk about that no. that suicide but squad. We need and do he he needs to be like he was in Arkham Asylum, this big hulking monster. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how Matt Reeves wants to explain it away because the Batman was a very grounded, realistic movie, and I'm kind of worried with introducing these more fantastical characters like Killer Croc or Clayface because I don't know what his in-house explanation for that would be. But visually and tonally, it would fit perfect with the Matt Reeves Batman universe. I just don't know how he if he would just dive right into, yeah, they have superpowers or if he would give them some kind of other explanation. Um, we would yeah. have to see. But tonally, it would it would be perfect in those movies. There's only so far you can go without dipping your toes a little bit into like the supernatural for like a Batman villain. Like yeah. He has a handful that are just crazy people but mm-hmm. like movie wise that that's not going to hold interest like too long yeah you just keep picking out the people who don't have anything like mm-hmm. i feel like like freeze is probably the closest you can get to like a safe in between because yeah. it's it's not it's not supernatural technically it's it's behind science mm-hmm. like it still makes no fucking sense shit. how he's yeah. alive how how that works yeah but it's still it's you're you're absolutely yeah. right. It's leaning more into the more fantastical sides of things. It's explained because he's you know it's like a scientific aspect as to oh this is yes. how I did this. It's not like yeah. oh I ate a rock off of Mars and <laughs> some shit like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. And so on, honestly, Mister Freeze would be a really good way to start introducing more fantastical um, characters. Yeah. Even Scarecrow, but I don't know if people want to yeah. do Scarecrow again. But yeah, I'd be I'd be. A main focus scarecrow, how, I think, would be yeah. very because he was only a side character in Batman Begins, and yeah, Dark which Knight. was a nice little twist because I think everyone was expecting in Batman Begins for him to be the main villain, and then they introduced uh, Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, um, which is so really I think cool. that was interesting. Yeah, it was very cool. Um, so yeah, I would like to see another scarecrow, especially one that's. I mean, I like love Nolan. Yes, I love Nolan's more realistic universe. Like the fact that Scarecrow was just a dude in a suit with this creepy ass mask. I thought that was it. That was really interesting. But I want full on mask mask Scarecrow from the Arkham games. Yeah, it'd be really cool. We'll have to so. see, I guess. I did yeah. see that the rumors are pointing towards uh, Clayface as a possibility, but it's just it's just yeah. rumors. There's there's really no backing behind it. But that seems to be the general consensus at the moment. That'd be cool. Which I'm fine with. Clayface is cool as shit. He is, and he's very underrated. Or get a nice uh, survival horror Solomon Grundy. Oh, man. (laughs) That'd be so cool. 
So, but yeah, that's uh, that's Arkham City. I think I've said, I think I've talked about pretty much everything about that game that makes it cool, which is admittedly almost everything about it. There's there's nothing about that game that I think holds <coughs> it back. Um, it's just a phenomenal game through and through. It's chock full of content. It's got so many things for you to do. The combat is really fun and varied. The puzzles are really interesting. The cast of characters is wild and wacky. Um, Unlockable suits. Yeah, all the different suits you can... Holy shit, there's a lot of suits, man. There's a lot. (laughs) So many fucking suits. Even like the cartoon Batman suits. Yeah. Wild. They had a... Was the Adam West in that one too, or was that just Knight? I don't remember. I remember it in Arkham Knight. I don't remember it in City, but that doesn't mean he wasn't there. Yeah. Do you know the classic blue Batman suit was in it? But I don't know if that was Adam West specifically. Yeah, Knight definitely had the best collection of suits because there was like yes. every conceivable game. Batman suit. <laughs> Everything that existed up to that point was in that game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Batfleck was even in it. Yeah, they did. And they had the uh, the big beefy uh, Dark Knight Returns comic book. One too. <laughs> yeah, that was badass. Uh, Batman is so fucking cool, man. Why is Batman so cool? I don't know. It's just theory, like us. That's why. On paper, a dude who dresses like a bat and punches people in the face is the weirdest thing ever, but it just works. I feel like he has to be that badass because of that. Like, you gotta back it, you know? Yeah, and I like how a lot of people try to, like, poke holes in Batman as, like, he is mentally unwell. And it's like, yeah, that's the fucking point. He's yeah. got trauma out the ass. <laughs> how the fuck else do you go around doing that? How, do so... how else do you just willingly oh. jump off a building like that and just trust your cape? He's such a broken <laughs> character. He's so he's so flawed, it's not even funny. But that's what makes him cool. Yeah. That's why, oh, yeah. I love him. That's why Joker is the other side to his coin, because Joker is very well what Bruce Wayne could have ended up being. Yeah, that's why he's uh, he's he's so loved for that exact yeah. reason. And that's I think that's that's also the argument too why Batman can never pull the trigger on Joker because it's like, it's like looking into like an altered mirror. Yeah, yeah, it's so fascinating from like a, a like a mental health aspect of it. Yeah, it's um, bizarre really is and honestly that's one of the 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 joker movie with joaquin phoenix um i thought that was a really good movie too uh i loved it i wasn't working where i'm working at now but my wife was a social worker when we saw that movie and we had a really interesting conversation on the way back where we just kind of talked about how yeah that's something that'll stuff like what he went through that movie is what a lot of like my wife's clients go through and it's it's just the psychological aspect of Batman in his rogue gallery is one of the many things that makes him and these villains so interesting. Whereas, you know, Spider-Man obviously has a really big, varied, there's so many supervillains in the Marvel universe, but none of them are described as like psychopaths. You know, Mm -hmm. none of them are locked up in an asylum. They're all just thrown in jail and they're just said to be bad guys. But most, if not all, of Batman's villains are actually mentally unwell. They have like diagnosable um, traits and disorders that cause them to 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 do what they do, and it's just super fascinating. I feel like Red Skull is the only one that you can argue for Marvel, just because Nazi. But <laughs> yeah, on, on, honestly, that's yeah, it. <laughs> probably that's, that's it. about it though. Yeah, but you know, Two Face has OCD. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
Mad Hatter has this weird fixation on headwear. It's it's just interesting <laughs> things like that. Yeah, quote unquote diagnosable, but like they all have a fixation of some type. It's like all they all have extreme OCD with certain things. And Calendar Man too is another big one. That kind of shit. <laughs> Calendar Man. If, yeah, even the, even the most stupid Batman villains, they can have an interesting backstory. Have you watched the Harley Quinn show? No, I haven't, but I've heard it's really good. You just watch the first episode, just because oh, Calendar yeah. <laughs> Man. Oh my god, it's so good. Is it like Calendar Man in Suicide Squad? <laughs> uh, better. It's <laughs> so funny. Oh man, yeah, it's just it's just great. <sighs> yeah, so Arkham City, fantastic ass game. If you haven't played it for some it reason, really is. You should. You should. You guys should play it if you haven't already. And it's available on everything. PS3, uh, PS3, PS4, PS5, all the Xboxes. Uh, I don't think it's on Game Pass, but you can get them used pretty cheap. And there's like the Arkham collections. It's about to come out on a fucking Switch. You know? Yeah. It's even available on the Wii U. Oh, that's true. It is. Armored yeah. Edition is on Wii U. Yeah. So, it has like exclusive content too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So you you don't have an excuse to not go out and play this fantastic game. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I'm probably going to see if I can get, I'm going to look on my Xbox and see if I can find, uh, Arkham city. If not by itself, that's like back and pad, then maybe the Arkham collection, see how much it is. And probably, cause I'd like to play through Arkham asylum again. I haven't played it in forever. I'd like to go through that game again. Yeah. I'm looking at my collection now. Try to remember which ones I have. I have, a. I have the Asylum and City collection. I know that. I don't know where my Arkham Origins is. I think I got rid of it. Yeah, and I, th- I think the, the HD collection is also on PS Plus now. I think ah, it's one so. of the free games with Night. That's about right. So yeah, no excuse to not go and play it. It's phenomenal. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, that's true. And as a, last wor- as a last word before I pass the torch to you, rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. Yeah, we don't deserve you. We we never deserved you. Pour one out for the man. Yeah, it's 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 bittersweet because you know, mm-hmm. obviously with what he was going through is a shitty situation to deal with health wise, mm-hmm. and then you have the ultimate bro, Mark Hamill, who now said that you know since Kevin's gone, he's like officially retiring Joker because you can't have Batman without Joker, and you yeah. can't have like Mark Hamill doing stuff without Kevin Conroy. He said it wouldn't feel right. No, it, it, he's, he's absolutely right. It wouldn't. Do. Yeah. So we could have the imitators, you know, obviously keep doing Joker stuff, but like, I, I, I really respected that Mark officially said that he's, he mm-hmm. just, he can't do it yeah. anymore because of that. Which is beautiful. That's great. People. I that's, that's cool. Yeah, it is. I have, I absolutely agree. Well, what what a means, legacy. That means everyone, no matter how shitty the Suicide Squad game turns out to be, you have to buy it and you have to play because that's Kevin Conroy's Kevin final, Conroy. final time yeah. as Batman. Yep. Oh, so, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I forgot luckily, about that until just now. Yeah, now I'm going to have to they play delayed it. it. They delayed it. They're fixing yeah. it because they got a shit ton of backlash. Yeah. Still have time. Time to fix the errors of their ways with shooting purple balls for the entire game. So, yeah. Making Fortnite all over again. 
maybe it'll turn, maybe <laughs> they'll Sonic the Hedgehog it, and they'll, it'll actually turn out to be really good when it comes out. Because it's like, all right, r- real quick before we get off the complete topic <laughs> again, but like, you have a game where you can play as King Shark, and mm-hmm. he's still running around with like guns and shit, and that was all they showcased in the trailer for him. Like, bro, let me see him eat people and stuff. Like, yeah, for real, walking, fucking, talking shark. Yeah. What's the issue? Come on, for real. Ah. And since so is Suicide Squad, it's being made by Rocksteady, right? Is this in the Arkham universe? Yeah. I kind of don't like that. Yeah, I I, I don't remember I wish that... if it's actually existing in the Arkham universe, but I know I'm pretty sure they're developing it, and I think it's supposed to at least like reference it. But I don't know. I guess I guess we'll have to see. Because if they like introduce the con- concepts, amazing. If they introduce an entire Justice League in this universe like after just having Batman games, it's kind of like, why didn't you like... Because they're forever... Rockste- Rocksteady was rumored to be making an open-world Superman game set in the same mm-hmm. universe. And that would have been fucking bananas. Or like a Flash game. And then culminate to, you know, the Suicide Squad. Like, I don't know why you would just jump from just Batman, just Batman, no references to anyone else... And then all of a sudden, there's an entire Justice League that goes bad, and the Suicide Squad, who I guess has existed this entire time, comes in and... and... You know what? I don't know how they could do that, because Deadshot was in Arkham City. And it was a completely different character design. So oh, unless, yeah. unless they Origins, completely... too. Yeah, so unless they completely ignore that, I don't... I'm hoping that this is a separate universe. It says, according to online, it is it's a sequel still tonight. Fuck that. I don't like that. I don't know how they're going to do it. They're going to have to retcon some shit because yeah. even in the games um, starting. Actually, I think the first reference was in Asylum, but specifically in City, they referenced um, Superman, Green Arrow and Flash with uh, side conversations that you can pick up on as you're like exploring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what is it? Uh, Quinn's like Enterprise or whatever. Like those those warehouses were like all over the cities. Huh. And then they also have um, the Flash's lab. They have crates and shit from like that. But then they also reference like uh, a flying freak across the bay over at Metropolis or some shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's just, that was their way of being OK by just literally referencing a couple of people we've, we've League. mentioned them we mentioned them so they exist yeah but like it's like with that like wonder woman was never met referenced before and whoever yeah. else they decide to have in like the main lineup I really i'm assuming it's gonna be don't. like green lantern i really hope they don't do that because that's really lazy because <laughs> I, I i really like the concept of the suicide squad game with like an mm-hmm. evil justice league i think is really cool oh yeah and you're set out to either you gonna, like yeah kill or neuter like take him in or some shit but like it's cool i don't know it sounded dope i agree that portion of it sounds really really cool because i don't because yeah when that happens who else are you gonna call to try to save the day you know the suicide squad it makes sense i just hope they, that it's not in the same universe as arkham as the arkham games where it's just zero to a hundred so fast yeah because i i don't know online says it takes place after night but i mean i guess I guess they can change that because that was a couple yeah. of years ago. So I don't know. They're either going to have to retcon a ton of shit or just completely change the fact mm-hmm. that it's it's not a sequel. Yeah, because Deadshot was in the Arkham games and he was 
complete. He looked kind of like a fucking nerd. Like I didn't like his character design. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of. Eh. It was kind of. Yeah, he looked. Yeah, he was. Kinda, he looked like a, a, an overweight dad. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, he was cooler in like the origins portion with Deathstroke and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. As no, we'll have, have to see. see I guess they they they're due at some point to say something on this delay yeah. with an update or something because it they, it's they announced the delay like it was what like four or five months ago at this point something yeah. like that yeah it's been almost half a year so yeah it's supposed to be out by now yeah i think it was supposed to have come out it was supposed to have come out this month it was was august the release date it was like july or august i'm pretty sure something like that yeah so i don't know but i'm i'm, I'm also kind of taking that length of time as a good sign and hopefully by the time they announce it again you won't recognize it it'll be completely different all right uh, i hope so man yeah i really hope the concept is really cool you can't just make it Fortnite. yeah <laughs> uh with with and dear god leave the live service stuff behind it was cool so, for a I'm little so bit but now it. it's like so many people are 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 scrambling for just good single player games with you know some some a few multiplayer modes that are really fun but don't make yeah. the entire game like online only or stuff like that. That shit's that shit's old. I'll take co-op over multiplayer any day. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, make it like you know up to four players. Yeah, pretty cool. That's it. That's all you gotta have. Yeah, I think it. I think that's what it was supposed to be. I don't think there was supposed to be like PvP in this game. I'm pretty sure it was just supposed to be. I think it was. I think it was all co-op. Online yeah. co-op. Yeah. So positive at Maybe. least. But ditch the loot boxes battle pass yeah jesus christ <laughs> uh, arkham city did not have a single loot box that is it true. was not online it was single player only yeah the only online feature was leaderboards for the uh the mini game things that they had that was it yep. see i have a combo you could get see if you can beat beat that dude in alaska or wherever <laughs> fucking alaskans <laughs> yeah Got nothing better to do. Snowed in all the damn time. Their ice holes closed up. <laughs> if there are any listeners from Alaska, we apologize. <laughs> yeah. I I actually think your state's pretty cool. Ah, pun. Uh, yeah. But, anywho, <laughs> I that's about all, that's about all I got. Arkham City, go play it. There you go. You heard it here. Well, I guess that's uh, uh, that means it's my turn, then, huh? It'll be my turn. Indeed. All right. So moving on from Batman, we are going over to the wonderful world of Shadow of Co- the Colossus. Ooh, I'm very excited for this. Oh, yes. Phenomenal game. Obviously, one of my top five now. One of my favorite memories from PS2. Uh, I, I still think arguably to this day, it's one of the like most artistically pleasing games to look at. It's just mm. it's very beautiful. It's a it's a it's a very pretty game. Oh, uh, so good to look at. The PS2 version is the original one, came out in 2005, and then it was remade from the ground up in 2018 for the PS4, um, which I think was very well deserved because mm. they had a they had a minor like an HD port for PS3 in between somewhere. It was mostly just like an upscaling. There wasn't anything too crazy added into it, but the, the 2018 remake was bottom up, fully redone. Um, they put a lot of 
lot of love and care into the the remake of this game where i i mentioned it briefly in our original episode where the developers actually went out of their way to complete um a long and almost forgotten easter egg oh yeah yeah, convinced themselves existed and it turned out the time it actually didn't but because the development team thought that was like so amazing that they they went at it for years and years and it was getting updated constantly thinking they were getting closer and closer uh the devs eventually put something in there it was oh yeah short and short and sweet it was very cool to see um but yeah just stuff like that uh it just showed that they picked the right team to actually go ahead and remake this game mm. oh yeah uh so shadow of the, of the colossus takes place in a place called the forbidden lands uh you play as the character wander carrying the corpse of the princess mono and your trusty steed agro is your horse Agro, um, you hear that a lot in that game, mm-hmm. like constantly, which is fine, I guess. I don't know. Which uh, surprisingly, it was it was actually kind of funny to to see some of the development notes on this game. The reason that they made sure to include him calling the horse so much, like whenever you press the button instead mm-hmm. of the horse is showing up, is because they designed the horse to be realistic into the into the point where no horse is perfect. And they designed it specifically for him to not acknowledge your commands every now and then. And they actually went through like a couple months of balancing it to where it was either not happening enough or happening too often. And they finally found a sweet spot to where they made it where Agro would genuinely not respond to you. So if you're playing it and you notice it, it's not like an issue with the game. It was it was intentional because they wanted the horse to kind of just be like, "Eh," you know, just the horse being fucking stubborn. Yeah, I'll go sniff this grass patch or something. I don't know why, but I, that's like the that's the best fun fact I've ever heard about it. Right? Isn't that game. so cool? I thought that it's was so, so neat. cool. Yeah, it's he so was like, neat. "Nah, I want this horse to be an actual horse." I want so to be did. an ass sometimes. Yeah, literally. And uh, yeah, and then another thing I thought was really really cool for the remake specifically, uh, when they were retexturing and redesigning the land. They manually placed over 300,000 landscape objects. Holy shit. And were all hand designed. So they weren't like duplicates, just kind of, you know, splattered amongst the game. They they had all their all the artists. I think there was like over 50 artists designing all these uh, like textures, like, you know, grass, weeds, rocks and mountainous and shit like that. Uh, they were all hand placed and like thought out prior to to avoid repetition and kind of just like sporadic nonsense like they wanted it to feel lifelike and realistic god damn man that's yeah i shed a tear yeah dedication like that yeah that's what i'm saying like the, the team behind I, the remake man just like they gave a shit and i love I haven't it. touched my playstation in forever because i've been playing on my xbox but it makes me want to go out and repurchase the Shadow of the Colossus remake just to not even not even I don't even have to play it just to like buy it again to throw them some more money because they deserve it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know, man. Blue Blue Point's just been they've been on a roll lately. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's great because this game definitely deserved it. The fan base was so, so small, but large at the same time that it, it still mm-hmm. kind of surprised me that we actually ended up getting a full-blown yeah. remake of this game. 
I'm glad we did because I never played the original. I only ever played the remake. That was my first experience, but I'm very glad I got to play it because, and I wish I had played it when I was a kid. Because even now, with my PS2, if I get a copy of Shadow of the Colossus, it's not going to be the same as if I had played it like when it originally came out. Because yeah. it was an ex- it was an experience to play that game back in the day, from what I hear. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Because the remake, they you know, it's it's still the same game. Hmm. So just seeing it more lifelike in that aspect and looking better was just it was just really cool. Because I had so many right. memories. Just I played the shit out of that game like over and over again. Even like the time trials and all that stuff. Just, oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the remake too, uh, one of the the aspects that they wanted to focus on specifically was the the fur engineering, which mm-hmm. when you're scaling the colossi, like you can you can see how hyper realistic the the fur yeah. movement and like reaction is in the game. Like it's it's crazy. Like the wind blows and like the individual strands are moving, and then when you're climbing it, you could actually see like the clasp in his hands of like where the mm-hmm. fur is actually getting grabbed and where it's splitting it off. From, so like, the life skin. like I could like almost feel it myself. Yeah, it's it was just it's crazy. Like the amount of detail and just everything that they they went into just to try to make this game just still stand out to this day is amazing. And then uh, one of the things too about this game, uh, the main storyline is uh your there's like this ancient power named Dorman who who's been told to be able to kind of do whatever he has like the power of speech and granting power like uh wishes and in that kind of sense and uh wander's whole thing is he's trying to resurrect the princess and when uh when he brings her into the forgotten lands he's seeking out Dorman and when he gets there, because he stole this ancient sword, Dorman ends up approaching him already out of like a curiosity kind of thing. And uh, you, he gets the gist of what Wander is doing there. And he's like, OK, like I'll resurrect the princess for you. Uh, but you have to do something for me first. There's 16 colossi scattered amongst this land and I need them to be killed like they don't belong here. They're doing more harm than good, yada, yada, that whole kind of thing. Uh, but just be warned, like, if you do this, it's going to come at a great cost of your own. And, you know, being a dude, very vulnerable, The his love interest is dead. He's like, all right, you know, fuck it. Like, obviously, I'll do that. Like, uh, I'll, I'll do whatever I can in order to bring her back, because that's what I want. Um, so the game from this point, it, this is where it starts. And the whole game is it's just these 16 colossi. There's there's no other actual things to fight. There's no other real creatures aside from uh, the little lizards and stuff that you can hunt for like the, the bonus. Uh, I think they were the, the health bonus, either health or the stamina, because there was secret items you can get. There was flowers and then there was the lizards and they would grant bonuses, increase your health bar or your stamina bar. And then there was like a secret thing at the top of the, the little temple that you can scale if you max out your stamina, which is pretty cool. Um, but the the boss the boss rush basically is what it was uh was also completely intentional in the design choice where uh Fumito Yuida didn't want to have any other focal point in this game aside from the colossi for the player and his development team he wanted them to focus entirely on this so that they all stood out and felt unique and like they belonged there and like there was you know they, they were special 
And I think in the long run, it, it, it really worked out um, because, you know, with with the whole the physics of it, um, the, the director, uh, Kenji Kaido, um, wanted the team specifically also to focus on the the physical, like the attributes of the, the Colossi, the reactions to the character um, and then the, just like they're all around uniqueness and it worked out really well especially considering the fact that they wanted to have 48 of these originally. Holy shit. Yeah. And I think, I think they had a little kind of brain connection where they're like, that might be a a little too much. (laughs) If you want us to get like this in depth (laughs) in these characters. Yeah. So before they settled on the 16, they chopped it in half and it was going to be 24 after that. And then I think at that point they still were kind of like eh, a little less. We have a we're working on a PS2 here. Like <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we could do with this junk first and go from there. But it worked out. And um, interestingly enough, there's still to this day there's no official names for any of the Colossi throughout the game. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so they're they're all just numbered. Like as you're playing it and you go to like the different that the uh, statues after each Colossi is slain, uh, they're just roman numerals one through 16 that's all it is uh the only names they were ever given was from the development point point of view uh they gave them just like little nicknames just so they knew which ones they were talking about while they're going through the development process so it was just like minotaur a mammoth eel hydra shit like that and coming in clutch again the community are actually the ones who gave them official unofficial names uh all 16 of them. So there's like Phalanx, uh, Hydrus, Valis, stuff like that. So they all have their own. Um, Valis? Valis. Almost oh, Val- Valis. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a V. They, they made sure to, to make sure that one was normal. It's Valis. Yeah. Which I think for the eel, Phallus would have made more sense anyway. Yeah. The, the Minotaur, <laughs> the first one you fight is, is Valis. Um, but. Yeah, so they came in clutch and kind of gave these unofficial titles, which are their, the ones that they're they're known by to this day. Um, but yeah, I thought that was I thought that was kind of interesting that as in depth as they wanted to get and unique and like personal with these creatures, the they were just they were named numbers. <laughs> wow. Yeah, never never got named. Um, so yeah, so as you're progressing through the game and you're 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 killing off these beautiful magical beings um your character his uh he starts to become affected by it which is based off of the warning that Dorman provided before you even start this 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 quest uh every quarter of the way through every four colossi of the 16 you you start to change little by little your your character's appearance starts to change um your skin gets it gets paler. Your character gets dirtier. Your hair is getting darker. Uh, these weird, corpsey blue veins start protruding through your skin, and then eventually, at the end, you're basically like a walking haunted corpse with little horns coming out of your head because of a. Uh, you end up, you know, you're killing off creatures that you shouldn't have been, which is the big plot twist at the end. Uh, is that uh, these creatures weren't actually bad guys per se. And you notice, well, hopefully you notice while you're playing it, that every time you approach a Colossi, they're never the ones to actually instigate the fight first. It's always you by either A, 
climbing on them or hitting them or shooting an arrow at them or just getting too close to their vicinity, like where they're the area that they're protecting. Uh, but most of the time when you arrive into the zone where the bosses are, they kind of just they look at you and they just walk around and like that's kind of it. And then it takes until you instigate the fight for the first time for them to actually fight back. And uh, what the what the story is, is Dorman is actually the bad guy. And he was sealed away in the Forbidden Lands by separating his his being into 16 separate pieces. And these colossi are the ones that are guarding each an individual piece. So by you killing them off one by one, you're releasing this this creature back into like a, a physical form. Um, but you don't realize it until it's too late, unfortunately. Um, so at the end of the game, you realize that you were the villain all along and um, you're you two faced. Yeah, you got two faced your your tribe catches on to it just from stuff that's happening around the world. And they show up at the end and there's like a little fight that goes on. Um, Wander gets injured and aggro. It's so sad. He, he falls off a mountain. It's 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 heartbreaking as a as a kid playing this for the first time is like. I fucking cried, man. I was like, this is awful, bro. Like, Agro is my homie. That dude's been through it, you know, thick and thin, man. Like, he, he's been my ride or die. And you, you watch ten, him plummet. Top 10 yeah. saddest anime deaths. It's literally in, like, top 10 saddest, like, game moments. Because uh, you watch him just plummet. And he, he, he kind of hits a mountain and falls into a river and just drifts off. And then he's he's gone. Um, and then... uh the uh, I- Iman is the, the the village tribe like leader. Uh, he sees the sword and realizes like what's ha- what happened essentially, and he throws it like into like the river and lets it go away for eternity. Um, and then a big portal kind of thing opens up and wanders turned into basically like a, a black soul, which is the form that Dorman had when he approaches you, and he's pulled into this portal and he's basically now just sitting with Dorman for like all eternity. Um, but I, I guess he's still kind of a, a chill dude because Mono wakes up anyway. So Dorman held his, his, his side of the bargain up. Uh, she comes back and then lo and behold, as they're all walking off the Chad of the story, fucking aggro comes back limping and it's beautiful. And you're like, ah, oh, he made it. It's, it's like aggro's here. It's all good. And uh, so Mono hops up on and they, they, they walk kind of walk off. Um, and that's like the way the, the main story ends. But then because it's a fucking it's a Japanese game. So there's always got to be some kind of weird shit that happens. Fucking Wander is reincarnated as like uh, a demon baby. It's a little baby. He's got a little horns coming out of him. And Mono's like, oh, a baby. Cool. And then <laughs> like that, that's ultimately how it ends. Um, but then. You have uh, the game Ico, which confirmed by the director of Shadow of the Colossus, it is considered a sequel to Shadow of the Colossus, um, which originally it was when they were designing the game, they were wanting it to be a prequel, but they thought that the the way that the game ends for Shadow of the Colossus made more sense to be like a, a really, really old prequel to it because the story of Ico, um, it's it's centered around like a dark queen uh, is, is is like the main villain. And it's based off of a, a long going curse 
which is stems from the tale of a baby being born with horns. So the ending of Shadow of the Colossus is signifying this is like the curse that Ico is talking about. And then it was also confirmed years down the road that Wander is a direct ancestor of Ico. And then there was a little cool thing that they did where um, originally there was supposed to be some kind of, um, I forget what it was, but there was like a, a cutscene or something that would open up uh, if you had uh, Shadow of the Colossus save data on your memory card when you played Ico, but they scrapped it. And instead what they did was for the, the PS3 version when the HD collection came out because it came with Ico, if you had save data from like each other, like the uh, opposite game, um, and on the PS2 as well, uh, Agra would have the little diamond on his head that Ico's horse has. So that was pretty cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's it's pretty interesting that it took it took a little while down the road for that to to be like officially confirmed, uh, but it was eventually there. And then there was the uh, the last guardian, which is supposed to be like a spiritual successor to Shadow of the Colossus. Which I never finished because years and years of waiting for that game to come out, and I feel like I created way too much hype for myself, along with other people in the community as well. And it just, I don't know, it just it just didn't do it for me. I played a couple hours, kind of got bored, and just never never played it again. Uh, but I will always play the shit out of Shadow of the Colossus because that game is it's something else. Um, also, another fun fact that I found out about. They originally were planning to make Shadow of the Colossus a four-player co-op game. Yeah, where each each character had like a kind of individual ability that they were good at, and then you had to like kind of like collaborate to take down the Colossi. So there was supposed to be one that was really good at um, climbing, another one that was better with like the the actual sword fighting kind of aspect, an archer, and then one that was better on horseback. But they were all supposed to have their own individual horses, and the thing that turned them off from doing it was because they had the aggro uh, concept of being like a stubborn, realistic horse. They didn't want to replicate it four times. <laughs> they, st- they said, fuck it. And then they just went with the single player, one horse, yeah, one guy. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't blame them. I do not yeah. blame them. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, I thought that was kind of cool. I still, I feel like a, like an unofficial co-op mod would be kind of cool to see if it ever comes to PC. Yeah. Uh, yeah that'd be cool. Just to see what it would be like, and maybe add the, the whole the forty eight colossi or something like that. <laughs> oh man! Just to, just to keep it going, or make a Shadow of the Colossus MMO. I wonder what the uh, well, like the world record speed run for that game is, because you can beat it pretty quick. It's not a super long game. I mean, you can make it however long you want because you can just go off and explore and yeah. take time with it. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. I know they they keep track of it in game as well, but yeah, there's a lot of people who speed run the shit out of that game. Uh, by Anthony James Puleo Jr., the world record speed run for Shadow of the Colossus is one hour, one minute, and fifty-five seconds. See, that's that's something that's really cool. I think too about this game, with as quick as that is, it's still really, really long when you think about it in the concept of a speed run, mm-hmm. where people always take advantage of like exploits and shit like that. And this game was yeah. still like you you have to go like point A to point B, back to point A to get to point C because Every time you kill a Colossi, you you collapse into like this void kind of thing, and you you like respawn back at the temple, and then you have to hold the sword up 
towards like the light and then when the when the beam reflecting off the sun gets thinner that's the direction you have to go so like you can master killing the colossi like as fast as you can but you still always have to do the whole like temple run off to the next zone like over and over again and doing that like the, the world itself is not super super big there's a lot to kind of like explore and just like look around and just you know take in the scenery and appreciate the art style and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so beautiful. But you still you still have to maneuver around this fairly big environment. Mm-hmm. And then each 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 colossi has like its own unique mechanic, which is really cool too. Um they mostly all are still the same, you know. You you climb it uh and find the weak points, which you can do from the ground by also holding the sword up and navigating on their body and the beam will point and then it'll highlight mm-hmm. the weak point. And you climb up the colossi and you stab them in the weak point like as hard as you can by building up the stab meter you'd hit the button and it would charge like expand in a circle and you try to hit it at the, the peak and stab to do the most damage while maintaining your stamina which was also on like a little circle thing and the smaller it got the less stamina you had then if you were still hanging on to something you would fall off and then you take fall damage and then get fucking stomped on by colossus because <laughs> they don't give a shit about you anymore um but they all had unique like little twists which was pretty cool um you know there's there's one that takes place completely in the air it's this huge giant fucking stone bird thing and you have to climb on its spine and hold on to the wings while it's like swooping and diving and if you like you let go while it's diving you get fucking launched in the air and then you're just you're just fucked essentially uh there was a cool eel one in the water that had like electric things and you had to hold on to it while it's diving around underwater and pop up and get off while like it let off the burst and stuff um there's another one that took place inside a building, which is really cool. And there's like these columns and you have to hide from its its vision until it lost interest in you and walk off. And then you'd sneak up on it and climb it. Uh, just just stuff like that, uh, which which kept it feeling really fresh and unique. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, I guess I guess it paid off that they 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 made the developers focus so much on on that yeah. aspect of it. Um, yeah, every just, is cool. Yeah, just stuff like that, because doing the speed runs, they still have like an RNG factor to them, too because they had multiple attacks and stuff like that. And sometimes they would, they'd flail around and shake you off. So that could easily fuck up a run or, you know, trying to get to a spot to hide wouldn't work out quick, like quite quickly enough. And um, yeah, I think that's, I think it's really cool that the speed, the speed run for like an official run is still well. It's an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Which is is great. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that's basically the gist of it. Not, not a, a whole, whole lot to talk about. I mean, just appreciating the game and playing it, I can go on just mm. forever. Um, but it's definitely one of those games where, even though I went in, I went into detail of like how the story plays out. Playing it is just—it's a whole different experience. It's yeah. And yeah, with as old as it is now, you know, it's not—you know—it's getting it "quote unquote" spoiled is 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 pretty easy. Uh, yeah. But it's still—it's. I mean, I've, I've kind of said this before. It's an experience because yeah. By today's standards, there's not a lot to do in this game. You ride around in your horse, you find the colossi, and you kill them. Yep. You do it 16 times. But Mm -hmm. the graphics are breathtaking. The climbing mechanics are phenomenal. Uh, Riding on aggro feels so good. Especially, you can look around and just look at how gorgeous the world is. The The music is phenomenal. This is another theme, game that the, the theme soundtrack song is so slaps. cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's just it takes my breath away when I play it. And it's easily a game I could play over and over again. I just mm-hmm. take I could take my time with it. I can speed through it real quick. It, it's not a game that you have to devote a lot of time to, which is nice like these days if you're like me and you're kind of doing stuff all the time. It's a game that you can sit down and play for 10, 15 minutes, or you can play for a couple of hours. There's, stuff, there's stuff to unlock and stuff now, too, for the remake. They added a couple like little cosmetic-y things and bonus mm-hmm. items that you can get, which is pretty nice. So it's a phenomenal game. Yeah, the only thing I won't spoil, uh, if you if if you haven't played it yet, when you beat the game, there's a cool thing that happens during the credits that I, I always thought was pretty neat. So I'll keep that a surprise if you haven't played the game yet. There you go. But yeah, I mean, it, the remake launched at $40, which was mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. And now it's I'm pretty sure it's only like 20 nowadays. Oh, yeah, you can and find it's it. It's included on PS Plus, so you don't even have to pay extra if you have PS Plus. Even better. Yeah. And the original PS2 version is a purchasable, playable PS2 on PS4 game. So you can get that too for like $10, 15 whatever it is, and play both, compare them, see what's different, look at all the love that the developers put into it. And I think the, the HD PS3 version's streamable if you have uh, PlayStation Essential. I'm pretty sure. So you could play all three. Play it back to back to back. You got options. Got a lot of options, but yep. definitely play the remake version because it's yes. fucking incredible. It's so pretty. Absolutely. I'm very glad that I um, decided to give it a try. Um, and again, I wish that I had played it when I was a kid so that I can kind of experience it at the same time as everyone else. But I'm still very glad that I played it when I did a couple of years ago because it's still it was a, an incredible experience playing that yeah. game. It took my breath away. It's 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 definitely it's different, which is the main thing that I like so much about it. Or it's it's not just like another stereotypical action RPG kind of game. It has like mm-hmm. just this whole different feel to it, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah, that's uh, it's about the gist of uh, what I had for you for Shadow of the Colossus. Excellent, excellent pick. I think so too. Thank you. Well, we had we had good ones this week. Yeah, they really two really week, yeah. really good games. Well, we're getting to the top half of the list. They're really gonna start. We're gonna start pour, pour, uh, pouring out bangers now. Yeah, because it's it's like I've I've always said for like anytime I get asked like my favorite games like top ten list like six through ten to like even like twenty they always they're all mm-hmm. over the place. But like oh, yeah. my one through five is always it's just these five games all the time. <laughs> like I can't like, like sometimes maybe like three through five will flip flop around depending on my mood, but they never budge from the top five. Nope. Yeah. Same thing with, with, with the ones on my list too. Like, uh, I was kind of surprised when I put, uh, Arkham city as high as I did. Um, but I mean, the more you talk about it, the more you, understand yeah, the more I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. Um, yeah. Like, damn, especially my next four, especially are like, yeah, those are definitely, not ever moving. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I agree. They're too good. Mm-hmm. So we only got um we got we've a got, few more. We've got two more and then we've got our Soulsborne mega episode. We sure do. Yeah, since Joe and I both have two Souls 
uh, games on our list, we're just going to merge them and talk about the entire Soulsborne uh, subgenre <laughs> in one yeah. or possibly even two mega episodes with guests. So, yeah, that's true. our first guest episode. Guests. Yeah, we'll see how we go. Super about, pumped uh, for that. Doing those. So, Do you have a. Uh... Any other additions you'd like to end to the uh, add to the end of this this episode? Uh, I don't think so. Video games, are amazing. Play play video games. Video games. Play are video games, cool. especially the video games on our on our like top five. Like you should definitely play the other games we talked about, but like this episode and on, you should definitely play these games. Like these yeah. are ones from these and the next ones we're going to talk about. I could definitely say are like must play games. Yeah, I think so. We both had uh, Dark Souls and Bloodborne, and everything yeah. else was different. So when you think about it, if you haven't played any of these games, you have 18 brand new games to experience. Yeah, there you go. And we've already introduced several of you guys to games like Bulletstorm and whatnot. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. So the next game I'm going to be talking about next week is my number four, and fittingly. It's Resident Evil 4. Look how that worked out. That is amazing. Yeah, I didn't even mean to do that. It just happened to be, end up that way. Yeah, I mean, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll... Majora's Mask, which Ooh, okay. has nothing to do with a 4. Or a 3, where it technically is on my list. But... Oh, I'm sure in one of the, you know, million different chronological timelines of Legend of Zelda, um, Majora's Mask ends up being number 4 somehow. Yeah, I, th- I forget how like the the branch works in Majora's Mask. I'm pretty sure it was like, uh, it's technically, it actually might be considered the third in one of the altered timelines because I remember it's supposed to be like the bad side of one of the branches after uh, Ocarina of Time or something like that. The Zelda timeline, if you've never invested time to actually look into it it's, it's so fucking bananas fucking obscure there's like 12 different timelines yeah, and some of them just no they sense. just start at some random section for no fucking reason it's weird it's like oh this timeline goes if uh link woke up at 9 a.m and this one starts if link didn't <laughs> wake up until 5 p.m and then this it's happens insane and then if earth imploded you go this way and it's like what the fuck is happening according to this timeline you have like um the you have it starts off with one timeline skyward sword is the prequel that started everything the minish cap four swords and then ocarina of time and from there it splits off into two other timelines the hero is defeated and the hero is triumphant there it is um, and majora's mask starts off with uh, the hero is triumphant, the child timeline. Okay. So it's technically like, like number, number five. five. Yeah. <laughs> slash one. Or close. Sla- five slash one. Or six if you go by release date. <laughs> yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah, like just out of for a curiosity's sake, just just look it up if you if you've never yeah. looked at it. It's so bizarre. Makes zero sense. It, it's it even, very weird. It makes even less sense to a guy like me who like started playing Zelda games with Breath of the Wild and then played yeah. a couple other ones after that. So <laughs> as someone who didn't even play the old Legend of Zelda games, um, it's even more confusing to me because I haven't played more than half this shit. 
Yeah, and now with uh, the newest one, Tears of the Kingdom, there's full voice acting all of a sudden. Yeah, it's crazy. It's weird. It's bizarre. Still not Link, I'm pretty sure, but like Zelda Everyone just has except for full Link. blown conversations. Yeah, you're just talking. He's just like, uh. Oh. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> hi, uh, hi, hi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they never change. I hope they never, ever, ever give Link a voice because that's just hilarious at this point. He's doing all that shit, and Zelda's just like, "Yeah, same, same." <laughs> That'll be it'll be interesting though if they actually end up making like a Zelda movie for the the, the Nintendo movie verse. Oh gosh, and, yeah. Well, they and give Link's Link a voice. Just there. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, they gave Mario a voice, and Mario's never said anything beyond "It's a me, it's a me." You know yeah, what I mean? Like that kind of yeah. I mean, and it worked out. It worked out. So. Willy's Wonderland. Nick Cage didn't speak at all in that movie. Oh, he didn't. I didn't yeah. see that. That's interesting. You haven't seen Willy's Wonderland? I have not, no. Oh, please go watch it. It's <laughs> so heard, good. I've heard you sing its praises, so I, I need so to watch fun. it. It's so fun. It's so But I did not know that stupid. Nick Cage doesn't talk in it. He doesn't say a fucking word, and it's wow. so majestic. I love how Nick Cage is like a meme these days, but he's like legitimately one of the greatest actors of our generation. He is something. He's willing to do so many insane things. Like, have you seen Mandy? Yeah, I'd, I Mandy is a fucking trip, man. It's a great movie. It's but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah, there's a few I have of his I haven't seen because I think I've I've told you about Elvis the Alien too, right? The YouTuber. Uh, I know of him. I don't think you told me about him, but he pops up on my uh, recommended a lot. You'd, you'd probably like him a lot. Uh, he is like obsessed with Nicolas Cage. Like he loves all of his shit, <laughs> and I've I've I found out about so many just obscure nick cage movies because of his channel and that that man <laughs> literally will act in anything he literally will i That's really want to watch um the uh unbearable weight of massive talent i really want to see that it was good it was it was pretty good it's pretty weird good. weird as shit but it was a, it was a good movie <laughs> also pedro pascal is in it and he's like hot right now so well there's gonna be a lot of upset women if when they do a part two of the last of us show for real though oh my god yeah. yeah with daddy pascal and the whole joel thing that they have no yep. ideas happening nope. mm. first episode gone and then the viewership drops by like 60 <laughs> percent. yeah and then naughty dog is like oh that's all maybe, horny maybe women that just that. gave up on the show <laughs> <laughs> who haven't touched the games at all they're just here yeah. for Pedro pascal uh, my oh, wife <laughs> mine too yeah <laughs> <laughs> literally it's like she has no i still have yet to tell her about that we, oh just, yeah like, no i haven't told i haven't i don't think jessica knows either so yeah i'm just waiting. every time she she'll like be like oh like uh because the second game's there right like oh joel's gonna definitely get this and that right i'm like sure yeah, sure yeah. i guess yeah, maybe absolutely. we'll see i don't know <laughs> we'll find out because <laughs> I, I mean i'm not lying because they could change it Maybe they could, yeah. They could be like, we can't do this. We will lose all of our viewers. So we'll just, we'll retcon it. We'll make it to where he lives. They'll do what they I did with, like, like, The Walking Dead and Herschel, and they'll keep him around for, like, three extra seasons as opposed to the six comic panels that he was actually in involved with. Yeah, because they suddenly realized what a good fucking character he was, how much better he was than everyone else on that show. Yeah, yeah, literally. Like, Herschel was the shit. But, like, yeah. in the comic, he dies defending the farm. But in the show, yeah, he's yeah. he's there to, like, season four and a half crazy man oh my god 
That yeah. show went downhill so fast. I remember when season one came out, and I actually really liked it. I um, loved it, and my it mom so did good. too. It was a very good show. Um, and and then the you know season two was pretty good too. Um, mm-hmm. I lost interest halfway through three. three. Yeah, yeah, that's about where we dropped off too. I think we got to like the the, the mid season finale of season three, and then we 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 didn't watch the rest of it. Yeah, so. I uh, I got halfway through four, and that's where I officially dropped off, and then I didn't bother with the other thirty seven mm-hmm. seasons and sixteen nope. spinoffs. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <sighs> Zombies stopped being a thing like a decade ago. I cannot believe that show lasted as long as it did. Yeah, the only zombie thing I'll ever give a shit about is when they inevitably make uh, twenty eight years later. They keep saying they're gonna. Murphy wants to do it, man. He keeps talking yeah. about it. He wants and with to. him, with him being the shit right now, thanks to Oppenheimer, I have a feeling they're going to give him whatever he wants. Apparently, there was like a there was like a confirmation that there's like a script being written for it. Cool. So, hopefully, because I love Twenty Eight Days and Weeks Later. I don't know if I've ever seen Weeks. I don't think he's in Weeks, is it? It's uh, it's another dude. Yeah, it he... takes place somewhere else. Yeah, but so it'd be it's interesting still, if they bring good. him back. I just love the aesthetic of days. Like it just looks like a a, a really shitty handmade film, and it works mm. so well. Yeah, which is like that dread just everywhere. Right. What else is a good zombie yeah. movie? What? You know, you know what else is a good zombie movie? What? Shaun of the Dead. Oh my god! I watched the dead. Going back to Dead Meat, I watched the Dead Meat episode on the other day, and it just reminded me how fucking amazing that movie is. I haven't seen it in forever, but it's. I have such a cool so edition good. of that movie on uh, on Blu-ray. Oh yeah, it was like a, a limited run steelbook version where like the oh, covers like a, it's like a comic book style. It's so oh, that's sick. awesome. That's yeah. very sick. Yeah, it's really jealous. cool. I'll, I'll send you a picture of it later. So jealous. That's really dope. Here's more homework for you to do, listeners. If you haven't seen Shaun of the Dead or any of those uh, Simon Pegg Edgar Wright movies, you should watch them. They're they're fucking phenomenal. So yeah. goddamn funny. They are in like amazing movies. Mm-hmm. I watch them yearly. On it, I should. I feel like Jessica has seen Hot Fuzz. I feel like I showed her Hot Fuzz. I can't remember if I if I showed her Shaun of the Dead. I think that would be an okay movie for her because yeah, it's bloody, but it's also just it's it's not a horror. It's a comedy. It's it's funny. It's funny as so shit. I feel like that would be okay for her. Yeah. I know she hasn't seen The World's End because I don't know if I've ever owned The World's End. Yeah, I don't have. I've only seen that one once. Yeah, that's about how it's good. It, it's just yeah. not. It's not near as good as Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. Those those are just classics. Yeah, it's a solid trilogy all good. around, though. Yeah, it, it really is, honestly. Anywho, that's about all I had. I didn't have anything else. Yeah, that's all I got too. We're keeping Perfect. it uh keeping it tight with this uh two hour schedule thing. I guess we got going on now. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but hey, we'll keep doing it. <laughs> I sure will. Uh, here's a Sean that did reference. I'll stop doing it when you stop laughing. <laughs> we'll stop. Do- we'll stop doing two hour episodes when you guys stop listening to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two hours. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. We made our first penny today off of we did one whole cent. We are officially making money with this podcast. So please yeah, continue to listen. It. <laughs> Me first penny. <laughs> do like Mr. Krabs on it but uh, 
all the normal stuff, check out our website, check out our merch, check out our Patreon, support us if you'd like to, um, even if you don't uh, have any money to give, that's perfectly fine, just listen, help us spread the word, tell all your friends to check out our fucking stupid ass podcast, yep. um, the word of mouth really, really helps us at this stage. Um, and we 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 appreciate we appreciate everyone who's been loyal supporters of us so far and helping us spread the word. So, and if you uh, dropped a subscription and got to listen to yesterday's episode, we appreciate that as well. Yes, um, yeah. If you if you're I, not a if you're not aware of what that is, you can subscribe to us. Is, is it so subscribing to us on Spotify or is it something else? Yeah, it's directly off Spotify. It puts a little uh, icon next to the episode that'll show that you have to subscribe, and then it'll bring a link it's only we're only gonna do three dollars a month and we're gonna ideally we'd like to try to get like two or three episodes like that so you're kind of getting your money's worth and it'll be like yeah. little side ish kind of episodes still related to the whole theme but not directly related to i guess the theme of the full season because we're gonna try right. to do like seasonal kind of things um yeah. but yeah it's it, it you know it's cheap enough to where it's not it's not too much of an issue but it's enough for us to be like yeah, this is more than a dollar. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, our first uh, side episode dropped yesterday um, where we just go through the the in fan engagement we've had so far with all the comments. So um, if you've uh, engaged with us, commented on some of our questions or taken the quizzes and you want to hear a shout out, that's a good way to do it because uh, you can subscribe yeah. and listen to those bonus episodes because that's where we'll primarily be. Uh, reading those comments, and some of them are fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's also <laughs> yeah. a good way for uh, to get called out by us for terrible opinions, like ha yeah, having Dark Souls tape. two in your top ten list of games. You know who you are. You know, you know, goddamn well who you are. You dirty son of a bitch, making good music for us and then ruining it by doing that. How dare Slimy you, bastard? <laughs> but. Uh... Anywho, uh, that's about it for us. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Um, going Almost done with our top ten list. But, uh, yeah, until then, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks so much. See you all on the flippity-floppity. Bye-bye.